Is Chris Kiffin the favorite again to be Auburn's next defensive coordinator? You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. We are dapping it up on this Friday. Daryl Dapridge hanging out with us. We'll also talk with Locked On LSU host Caroline Fenton towards the end of the show to talk about Will Redmond and all he did for LSU and what exactly Auburn is getting as the new GM of player personnel. But Daryl, it seems like the changing winds of Auburn's defensive coordinator search, they, they've changed again. Uh, you and I have talked to several different people that now believe Chris Kiffin is the favorite again to be Auburn's next Defensive coordinator, that's certainly how the search started. It then pivoted to DJ Durkin turning down Missouri to further pursue this opportunity to be the defensive coordinator for Auburn, prompting national reports from national writers saying that he has emerged as a target for Auburn's defensive coordinator. But there's a chance that the new favorite is Chris Kiffin the former, or I guess the current, as we discussed this, the current linebackers coach for the Houston Texans. But Chris Kiffin, you and I have talked about Chris Kiffin before. I think this is the right move. Yeah, you know, I have felt like it was Kiffin all along. I haven't wavered, even when the reports came out last week that Durkin became the clubhouse leader. Look, I'm not, um, you know, doubting or doubting the... the, the um, authenticity of somebody like Matt Zenith that tweeted it out or other local Auburn writers from Auburn websites and beat writers that also uh, reported that. I don't blame them. I mean, when Zenith puts something out like that, it's usually gospel. It's got some teeth to it. Yeah. But but let's let's kind of sort out and, and uh, sift through why I felt like it's always been Kiffin and that that hasn't changed. From a timeline perspective, Number one, I think people jumped on that train of Durkin is in the running for Missouri and Auburn. And when word got out that Durkin turned down Missouri, it was just a natural jump or to connect the dots and go, oh, he's turning down Missouri because he's been offered the Auburn job. Yeah. I understand that. I, I get that, you know, that realization or that 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 basically is assumption. But we and you talked about last week on your show. That I just said, watch the timeline. I think it's. I think we were overthinking it, and I think it was a very simple process. Is that if it would have been Durkin, it would have, it could have, and would have happened last week. There was nothing to wait on, unless you're waiting on him to decide between Missouri and Auburn. But once word leaked out last week that he turned down Missouri, what would be the holdup? To me, the holdup was waiting on Kiffin. He was in the playoffs. There is an NFL courtesy that you don't interview coordinators while their team's in the playoffs. You don't do that from a distraction standpoint. It's against so Auburn, the CBA. It's against the new yeah, CBA, Daryl. You can't do it. So Auburn waits till they're out of the playoffs officially, which was Sunday. You don't do it on a Sunday. You wait till Monday or Tuesday, and you formally sit down and have an in-depth conversation with Kiffin, which sources have told us happened. For the first time this week, they, they had some sort of serious conversation. Okay, then why not make the announcement Tuesday or Wednesday? Well, I think the reason is you, the, the Redmond situation took precedence, hiring him. Hugh Freeze was on the road recruiting. 
And also, I've said this a thousand times to I'm blue in the face. What's the rush? Yeah. You need somebody on staff to go recruit as a defensive coordinator? Well, you already have somebody on staff doing that in Charles Kelly. You had the luxury to wait. That's why I think it's always been Kiffin. Mm-hmm. The timing makes a ton of sense, too, right? Because if it was Durkin, he would have been hired by now, right? And and I guess as we record this Thursday night, um, I guess there's a chance it pops late Thursday. We'll see. But I, I just... I feel like if Durkin was plan A, truly the number one option in Hugh Freeze's mind, I think they would have hired him by now. And it still could end up being DJ Durkin. We'll see. But in regards to what Hugh Freeze wants, I think plan A was Kiffin. And I, I think that's why this is stretched out as long as it has, because it had to, if if that's exactly who he wanted. So, We'll, uh, we'll certainly see over the coming days, but this to me is about trust for Hugh Freeze. He trusts Chris Kiffin. They can finish each other's sentences. They both know what is needed and expected on the defensive side of the ball near a Hugh Freeze system. They, they work together at Ole Miss and were very, very successful by Ole Miss standards. And, and I just think when you look at everything that Auburn needs right now and what Hugh Freeze needs to propel this program forward is he needs to be able to trust guys to go out and recruit at a high level and not have to recruit everyone himself. Hugh Freeze himself. And so he can focus on the offensive game plan. I think Chris Kiffin um, checks all those boxes. couple other things just to throw out there because I want everybody to have all the facts to make a educated, you know, not guess, but assessment of what's going on. There have been reports through NFL insiders, guys that know and cover NFL teams, that Chris Kiffin and the way his linebackers played might have thought he was in line for a defensive coordinator position somewhere. This is the week that all the coaches change cities and change jobs. Yeah. He also wants to get out from underneath the shadow of Ryan, who's calling a lot of the defensive plays for uh, the Houston Texans, being a, a defensive coach himself. So if Chris Kiffin was wanting to come to Auburn but was waiting to see if a defensive coordinator position opened up, that also makes sense why the wait. Yeah. Um, you know, that you're talking about a week. Now, I'm going to throw something out to you. I want to I ask your opinion on something. Okay. Do you subscribe to the theory at all? Because it's the elephant in the room and we need to talk about it. That maybe it was Durkin, but there was significant pushback from a lot of people in the Auburn family, including Samford Hall, when that name leaked from Matt Zenith. Because he he came right out and said, Durkin's going to be Auburn's next offensive coordinator, I mean defensive coordinator last week. Do you think that might have been the path they were taking, but the pushback and the blowback was such that Auburn decided, I don't think we can do this? Maybe. It could have been a nice little push. Like, hey, make sure everybody that that's ahead of him on your list. Make sure that they're not interested. Um, I mean, you got to think other schools that have hired. I mean, he's worked several other places since the incident uh, of Maryland where with one of his players passing away. You got to think everybody else has hired him has done due diligence. He's been investigated by a ton of different groups. You got to think if somebody thought he was at fault at this point, he wouldn't be coaching football anymore. But if you're Auburn, you know, maybe you don't want a, a controversial hire, which makes sense and they kind of push back and say hey let's you, know, you can do this but just 
just make sure. Make sure this is the guy that you want. Perhaps they wait a day or two. Chris Kiffin can now interview with teams, and then maybe he is like, okay, yeah, I am interested in this. So once again, I think the timeline makes sense from the outside looking in. It does. I think what you've said, though, the casual or some of the people that really may not know all that's going down may not understand how how much Durkin has been vetted at his other jobs and how much due diligence has been done. They just go back to that story, and that's all they lock in on, what happened at Maryland. But I also think that if if you're thinking about Durkin and you're the Auburn admin, do you want something controversial with what's happened in the last couple of years with Auburn and Harson and all the just the bad publicity that Auburn has been getting, and you know, you hire Hugh Freeze. There was there was a faction of people totally yeah. that were upset. That might be why they just said, you know what? But again, I don't think that personally. I think it's been Kiffin and Kiffin all along. Why the name Durkin was floated? I think it was a leap from a couple of national writers because of turning down Missouri. Just my yeah. opinion. possibly, possibly, and. Look, we uh, we may learn this very soon. There's a chance at pop while we were sleeping. Who knows? Who knows? But if it is Kiffin, I, I think the second or third show we did of the offseason or after Ron Roberts moved on to be the linebackers coach of Florida, I think I titled a show, Hugh Freeze Must Hire Chris Kiffin. I still think that. I think Chris Kiffin would be an exceptional fit for this staff. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. What could happen this spring? And who are some guys that we are excited to see that could win spring? We'll get Daryl's thoughts, and I'll share mine as well, right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel's America's number one sports book. We love our friends at FanDuel. And right now, all you have to do is bet $5, and new customers will get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets. Win or lose. The app is so easy to use. Everything is organized so well. There's uh, You can live bet, same game parlays. You can find bets in their new Explore tab. It's very easy, very fun to use. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. Daryl Daprich, our guest, as we dap it up on this Friday. I've said it time and time and time again, and I'll say it another time. I believe Sylvester Smith will be a winner this spring. Auburn defensive back. We saw him a little bit in the bowl game versus Maryland, and these young defensive backs looked better over the course of that game. Obviously, those first three drives were not ideal. After that, they sharpened up, and I think they looked a lot better. So, I can't wait to see Sylvester Smith and the insurgence that he could possibly have. And I think that also may allow other guys to fall in place around them in the defensive backfield. Yes. I also have somebody from the defensive backfield that I think is going to be a winner in spring and is going to turn some heads and you okay. know, his name's going to be on our lips. And that's Laquan Robinson, the the other safety, uh, you know, I just think that he's going to come in from a JUCO perspective, even though he played JUCO last year. I think he starts, and I think that's that journey starts with spring. He's a thumper. He's already done some things in the offseason that's kind of taken on a leadership role, and I think he makes a tremendous impact in the spring. Yeah, the the two starting safeties right now, it's going to be a real – I mean, that that might be the most intense and important 
battle. I, I do think there's going to be depth pieces that are battling out on the defensive line. They're going to be crucial as well, but I think a lot of that's going to be decided more in the fall than in spring. I think some of these starting safety spots could be decided in the spring because a lot of the guys on the on the defensive line, I think you kind of need to see what their body does over the course of the summer as far as size goes, like TJ Lindsay, Malik Blockton, um, and all of that. But you don't really need that in the defensive backfield because you're not being pushed around by 300-pound um, humans. So uh, it's just the the starting safeties are going to be interesting. Like Jaron Thompson, like the the transfer from Texas, like how does he fit in with all of this? You got to think with as much as he was playing at Texas, he's not transferring to sit on the bench. And so he must feel like the coaches portrayed a pretty clear path to playing time and to, uh, probably starting. So how quickly can he pick up this defense, whatever defense Auburn is running, whenever they hire a defensive coordinator. So the the safety battle is going to be one of the biggest ones this spring. It's very nice to have these guys on campus too for the spring. You just get so much more yes. uh, mileage out of them. And I, I tell you, when you talk about defensive line, I also feel like there will be a decided difference in the the maturation and the, the transformation of a guy like Keldrick Falk too. I think he came in a man-child as a freshman, but I think we're going to see a decided growth uh, from him from last year. And when we see him in the spring, he's going to look different too, I think. And he has a possibility to really grab hold of spring as well. Yeah. And I mean, if Keldrick doesn't take a big step forward, Auburn could be in trouble. I mean, you get McLeod back as a pass rusher. That's great. But McLeod and Marcus Harris were kind of the dudes that the offensive line had to focus on every play. You need at least two. You need at least two, or then you have you you have the ability to really focus on McLeod and just McLeod. Right now, I don't think there's another guy on the defensive line based off of last year's production that you have to circle in an offensive game plan preparing to attack Auburn's defense. Keldrick Falk needs to be one of those guys that you force you have to circle him when you're watching tape of Auburn. If he does not turn into that guy quickly, I don't know who else could be that guy in 2024 up front for Auburn. I mean, yeah. Is it, it does, is any of the transfers, the keys from Kansas or Trill Carter from, from Texas, mm -hmm. um, Quantavius last year that came in, I, you know, he was a guy that I thought maybe Auburn was going to get more from last year. Maybe he takes a step forward this year. The kid from Minnesota he had moments in the bowl game too. Yeah. Quintrail, um, James and Travis. Yeah. Yeah. I said Quantavius. Quintrell, Jamison, Travis, hard name mm -hmm. with three of them in there. So, and then you've got your returning guys and Jason Jones and Zacchaeus Walker. So I, I guess the defensive line, I think they did do some things to shore it up. I, I was a little bit more concerned, but as I went through and looked at the depth chart, looked at the roster, you know, I think they're, they've got an opportunity to rotate six or seven guys and be okay. Mm -hmm. I think so too. I think they're going to go young. But as far as the balance, as long as their bodies are developed enough where they're not going to get pushed off the line, that's my biggest concern. So can these guys gain weight? I feel confident in their instincts and their ability just because that's been reported and talked about when you when you look at um, Malik Blockton and TJ Lindsay. But at some point, there's a reason you don't start a lot of freshmen on either side of the, the line of scrimmage because... At some point, it doesn't matter how smart or savvy or athletic you are, you have to have a body that can't be pushed around by another 300-pound man. 
And that's just hard to do with an 18-year-old. It's, it's tough. But we've heard really special things about TJ Lindsay and Malik Blockton and Amaris Williams. So all of those guys are going to be worth monitoring. No question about it. Yeah, I think they'll get some quality snaps. And I think the guys we talked about, the seasoned veterans coming back, and then the guys that transferred in will get playing time ahead of them. These guys will be depth pieces that can kind of learn the trade with yeah. getting some snaps. You're not going to count on them to play a lot of snaps, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But at some point, I think they may have to. They may mm -hmm. have to. So we'll see exactly what happens there. How does LSU feel about losing Will Redmond? Big part of building their roster. Auburn added him to be the general manager of player personnel earlier in the week. Daryl, how can people check out everything you've got going on before we jump into this conversation about Auburn's newest GM? You can follow me on X, DAP6410, uh, Monday mornings and Tuesday afternoons, various shows on the Auburn Network, and then after basketball games, live with you, my friend. Yes. All right, so don't go anywhere. Uh, first, I want to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Game Time is the best way to buy tickets for your next live event. Look, you set your sights on an event, and it can be stressful because you're like, I don't want to get ripped off. I don't want to overpay to go to this event. I just want to take the worry and stress out of it and just be excited about going to this concert or this game or whatever it may be. Well, download the Game Time app. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Right now, all users get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with Vegas 100. So if you're going to the big game, be sure to do that as well. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Right now, all game time users get $100 off a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. Terms apply or, again, download the Game Time app. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Joining us now here on Locked On Auburn, Caroline Fenton, host of Locked On LSU. Caroline, hope you are well. The Tigers and Hugh Freeze, uh, some headlines labeled it as a coup in bringing in former LSU staffer, Will Redmond. From this perspective, this seems like a home run move for Hugh Freeze and the Tigers. It really is a home run move for Hugh Freeze and the Tigers. And for several reasons, Will Redmond is, you know, an executive and whatever label you want to put on it, whether it's director of football personnel, whether it's football general manager, whatever the title is, I think the duties and the responsibilities all kind of fall under the same umbrella. He's yeah. incredibly well respected across college football and specifically in the Southeast just because mm -hmm. of what he's done, kind of the path that he's taken. A couple of things that I think are really indicative of how good of an, I'll just call him an executive, that Will Redmond is. First and foremost, he came to LSU in 2021. Brian Kelly came into LSU in 2022. When Brian right. Kelly came in, he really, for the most part, cleaned house, whether it was the coaching staff uh, or whether it was the front office staff. And, you know, to be fair, Brian Kelly did maintain some members of the staff, front office or on the field, Brad Davis being one of them, offensive line coach who served as the interim head coach in the bowl game once Coach O was fired, and several members of the recruiting staff just because Brian Kelly, new to Louisiana, new to the Southeast, maintained a lot of pieces that were in place. Will Redmond was one of them, and I think that shows just how well-respected he was around the building and how much of an asset Brian Kelly viewed Will Redmond. So that's one thing, and the second thing is look at LSU's recruiting. 
Like I, I know that Hugh Freeze has been on an absolute tear, and Auburn fans have uh, have every reason to be excited about the way that Hugh Freeze has been recruiting in Auburn. But LSU just landed the number one quarterback in the 2025 class, the number mm-hmm. one running back in the 2025 class, and the number one receiver in the 2025 class. They've had top 10, top 15 recruiting classes ever since Brian Kelly got there. One big topic of concern that I had, maybe some other LSU fans had, was can Brian Kelly recruit in the SEC? Like, can he recruit in the state of Louisiana that hasn't been a concern? You know, he's locked up the state of Louisiana. You have the number one class in 2025. How much did Will Redmond have to do with that? That I can't answer. Like, I I doubt that there are 16, 17-year-old kids across the country that are committing to LSU because of the director of football personnel. Like, let's be honest, it's the coaches, it's the relationships. Mm -hmm. Uh, But overall, that's a foundation that Will Redmond has has helped build on the recruiting side of things. It's always interesting in different fan bases, like which figures within the athletic department are known throughout the fan base that aren't necessarily like on-field Staff, does the average LSU fan like were they aware of Will Redmond and his importance at LSU? I would say the average fan, probably not. And that's one thing that I've kind of stressed to LSU fans is just because you don't know the person and they don't do the press conferences and you might not necessarily see the fruits of their labor on a day to day basis like you do the head coach and the coordinators doesn't mean what they do isn't incredibly important. There's a whole lot of behind the scenes people that make this, this place run. I mean, the job of a head head coach in college football has never been harder than it is right now. It's the people like your GMs, your director of football personnel, you rely on them so heavily more so than ever now, uh, just because there's so much going on. You've got NIL, you've got the transfer portal, you've got, you're recruiting constantly. And Oh yeah, by the way, You're developing game plans. So I don't think that the average LSU fan really would recognize Will Redmond or knows exactly. I don't know exactly what he's responsible for or what his his process looks like on a day-to-day basis. Um, But just seeing the entire program as a whole and how well run it has been since Brian Kelly has got there, mostly credit to Brian Kelly, but those things don't happen unless everyone whether it's you know the the custodians, the the people that are preparing meals for the players, and the director of football personnel, unless everyone is kind of all bought into the same vision. The report that came out first, Football Scoop, was the first I saw to publicly break this news, yeah. Caroline. And in their argue, uh, in their article, the, in their report, they kind of gave him a lot of credit for scouting Jane Daniels, who was pretty good. He was pretty good in the transfer pretty portal. Good. I'm sure you yeah. know that way well, better than I do. Yeah, he he was okay. Um, do you do you buy that? Do you buy that he was involved in the scouting of the eventual Heisman winner? I'm sure he was. How involved was he in the scouting, recruitment, yeah. and eventually landing Jaden Daniels? Like that's what I can't answer because sure you can give credit to anyone if if he says look I think that this guy from Arizona State looks pretty good but here's a list of 15 other quarterbacks that could potentially be in the transfer portal that we could also take a look at um, so I I absolutely do believe that he was involved in scouting Jaden Daniels because I don't think that the director of player personnel isn't at all involved in scouting the next future quarterback um, but. Did, was he entirely responsible for landing Jaden Daniels in Baton Rouge? Right. That 
I, I have kind of a hard time with. And I did see the Football Scoop article. It's been called a coup, been raiding LSU staff. All the credit yeah. in the world to Will Redmond because I think that Auburn is getting an incredibly good one. Um, but it is important to look at. As I said, it's a, it's a feather in Will Redmond's cap that he's kind of spanned two different coaching staffs. There's inherently some difficulties when you go from one staff to another, when there are different visions from one staff to another, when your role might be different from one staff to another. So while it's definitely a loss for LSU, I don't know if I would necessarily categorize it as a raid or a coup when maybe it's just different directions are being taken within the football program. Yeah, a coup kind of has a different connotation to it. And it's like, it just kind of yeah. feels like Auburn and Hugh Freeze came in and offered them more money is kind of what I read well it as. So it could have been money. Yeah. It could have been a role that he's being offered at Auburn that he's sure. wanted, that he didn't have the opportunity at LSU. All of those things absolutely can be the case. But I think overall yeah. what you're getting is a really good guy who has great relationships and a great reputation all across the Southeast. So uh, just quickly, Caroline, um, obviously up here in Auburn, we're, we're very excited about the Nick Saban era ending at Alabama. How do you think that yes. impacts, you know, how's LSU looking at this? And how do you think the rest of the SEC is looking at this? I look at it like, you know, look, Kirby Smart now I think is, especially with Jim Harbaugh going to the Chargers, Kirby mm -hmm. Smart now feels like the face of college football. And you could add Sark into that conversation. I guess Dan Lanning wow. is going to throw them into that conversation. Uh, okay. They're kind of now like the faces of college football as, as far as coaches are concerned. My initial thought was, all right, now the 30-day transfer portal window opens. That's a great opportunity for LSU to get in on some of these players that committed to play for Nick Saban and aren't doing that anymore. Hasn't really come to fruition for LSU, but it does really feel like, you know, and aside from personnel, aside from transfer portal, Things are wide open and things mm -hmm. are only getting more difficult in the SEC and things are only getting a little bit more jumbled now that you don't have divisions, now that you have a Texas team coming in that's coming off of a college football playoff bid. But now I think right now it feels more than ever. Of course, you still have Georgia. Of course, you still have Texas playing at incredibly high levels. It feels now more than ever that getting to the college football playoff, especially in a 12-team league, is incredibly tangible in the SEC now. Yeah, I think so. I think you're going to see a lot of teams kind of pop up as a mm -hmm. top 12 team at the end of the year once every four or five seasons. I think it's going to be kind of a normal thing. Is that good for the sport? Is it bad for the sport? I don't know. Time will tell. Time will tell. Caroline Finn, how can, uh, how can all the Auburn folks check out everything that you've got going on? Yeah, you can find me on Locked on LSU. We're on all of your preferred podcast platforms. You can check us out on YouTube as well. You can also follow me on Twitter at Caroline Fenton one. Thank you so much to Caroline. Thank you so much to the Daryl Daprich. Be sure to tune in tomorrow when Auburn basketball takes on Mississippi State. We will have a special guest, I believe. You don't want to miss that. You don't want to miss that. Read all my written work at auburndaily.com. Follow me on social. Subscribe to the channel. Like the video. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend, everyone. This has been Locked on Auburn.